right, this is the next episode of 10 Questions Podcast. I'm Thinker, and on the other end with me, I have Trisha, who uh, you can find online under the uh, handle Trisha Kicks Sass. Hey. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, it, so uh, you know, it, it's obviously not a TV show, a video podcast, or whatever, but I, 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 I've got to say, you, you know, the hat that you're wearing right now, it's got like this half slash half steampunk vibe <laughs> I like yeah my my uh I call it my steampunk Abe Lincoln oh okay, it's my, okay. yeah I love it <laughs> yeah it, yeah I, I, it has a, a lot of character we were, we were just talking before I hit record about uh about uh haircuts and hairdos how they t- tend to uh, uh show uh you know somebody's attitude somebody's uh it, personality and I think that hat does the same thing (laughs) yeah no it's it's a statement piece it's a statement piece it actually like I saw it across the store when um when I was visiting my parents and there was uh, only one left and I walked over to it and my mom goes Trish if you don't take that home with you then I'm not taking you back to the house. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like she, no, cause you know, like, I don't know, obviously she's known me the longest of anybody around. And uh, it was so funny because we both just like looked at each other and was like, no, I got to buy it. It's, it's got to come off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, it, it, and, uh, it, that, that's, that's interesting to me, uh, you know, seeing that uh, you're a Texas transplant of, yep. the fa- of the fact that you found that in Texas, but, then again, uh, then again, you're uh, originally from uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it, it's bound to there, – there's, there's shops around there where people have a little bit more of a uh, open mind, shall we say, <laughs> in yes. design and everything else. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I, 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 while I don't talk about it too much, I you know, I will we'll tell people, yeah, I'm from Texas, but I'm from the part of Texas that – nobody realized still exists and uh and everybody everybody in my area of texas uh pretty much is um uh, it's pretty much mega mega country mega country how yeah i, I don't know yeah. how, the, how that's being pronounced but uh or now it's keep america great again <laughs> um <laughs> it's doing so well right now oh um, yeah so 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 yeah you know obviously that's another thing to uh to uh, pinpoint at the top of the podcast is uh this will actually drop in the year 2021 um we will be in a in a nether uh presidential term by the time this drops mm-hmm. um the question would be is what will the entire situation look like i know um, i know i i i i, I frankly i think we should just build a wall around dc and not let anybody leave and not let anybody have any more control that's that's (laughs) my uh, personal preference yep Um, no i agree i agree it's not a good option it's not a good option yeah well it's just it's just politics you know politics was never intended to be a profession It, it was intended to be hey take your turn running the country go home and plow your field so Yep. I, that, yeah. That's, yeah. So, okay. And, and that's about as deep as into uh, politics as I like to go these days because otherwise yep. it just stresses me out. So, agreed. Um, <laughs> so, so let's, uh, let, let's uh, jump in. You know, this, this one, uh, it, it, it's 10 questions, your direction. We're, we're here learning about you and what makes you tick. So, yikes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's, 
so uh, it, let, let's let's start with one you know an obvious one that I already stated. Uh, um, you, you grew up in Texas, but you no longer in Texas. Was that one of those things that uh, did, did you grow up appreciating Texas and left for an opportunity, or did you grow up in Texas thinking I'm leaving as soon as I possibly can? Um, oh gosh, I'm gonna go with the consultancy answer of it's both. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I love my state. I do. Um, I, there are some amazing things about Texas. Uh, the food, my goodness, um, I miss the food so much. Um, for, I think I always wanted to, I grew up in a, in a small town in the DFW area, mm-hmm. and I definitely always wanted to get out of there. So that was never something I wanted to stay in. Um, uh, as far as, as far as wanting to um, get out. I did, but it wasn't necessarily because I was unhappy. It was more because I was in love with New York. Um, I have a theater background. I, all my favorite movies growing up were based in, in Manhattan. I mean, I, I fell in love with New York at like age five. Uh, and so when, uh, I got the opportunity to, to get out, um, I, I took it. And so it's kind of, it's kind of both. I think, I think there's, oh my gosh, I get so nostalgic, especially right now, because I haven't been home in a while, obviously, with all this stuff going on. And uh, it was actually supposed to be my my reunion this year, and that <laughs> got pushed, and I'm like kind of sad because um, I do. I, I have a lot of love for for Texas. Um, do I think I would go back? Probably not. At least not for a while. Um, it's too hot. I'm I'm a Yankee now. I can't. My my body just cannot handle the heat anymore. Um, I stepped off the plane in August, and I thought I was going to internally combust. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah. So it was kind of. It's kind of both. You know what I mean. I have yeah. a like. I'm not one of those people. It's like oh, I, you know, I wanted to get out as soon as I came out of the womb. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I love it. I just. Um, it just wasn't the right place for me. If if certain parts of, tr- of Texas were. Uh, were located further north these days you would probably <laughs> you'd probably happily go back is that 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah enough. yeah enough. um so uh so uh, what, what parts what, what parts about texas they uh, have you always enjoyed uh, in, despite in spite of the food you know in, in addition to the food yeah 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 um so i love the small town uh community aspect you know um now it definitely has its uh negatives right um i had i had a guy walk me from this is a true story i had a guy walk me from lunch to my english class when i was in high school and he had a bit of a reputation four people called my mom by the time i got home letting her know that such and such had walked me home so you know um but with that being said on when when things go bad you have a ton of people that I could call. I knew at any point in time, it didn't matter where I was in like a 30, 40 mile radius that I could call somebody and I would have help. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I love that. I, uh, I do love the big hair and big makeup. I am, oh my gosh, I do. I love it so much. Um, it's, uh, yeah, we, before we were recording, like you said, we were talking about hair and I've had my hair, all colors, creeds, whatever. And um, I do love the big hair. Um, and I love the, uh, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to, to say this other than just kind of repeating the whole community aspect. There's a sense of pride that comes from being from Texas that is instilled in you um, that 
I think definitely gets weaponized sometimes, but it's, it's really fun. Like when I go travel somewhere or even here and I hear somebody that's like, Oh, you're from Texas. Like there's just a bond there. You know what I mean? And like, I, um, I love, I'm sure that that happens, you know, with other places, but you know, uh, I mean, we literally have a whole class in junior high and high school about Texas history. And from what I understand in that, isn't always the case. Like not every state does that. And, um, so like the writ, like the history and the heritage of the state is like really dope to me. Well, um, it, 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 and even on that point, you know, I, I lived in Kansas for a little bit and uh-huh. whenever I stop and think about think about Kansas, I, I, don't know how much content there actually could be to fill up a class about Kansas history. I, you're yeah. right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Um, and I miss like mudding. I miss doing that stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I don't get much of that here in the city. Uh, so I miss like doing like some of the, the more outdoorsy, you know, things like, cause my, my dad is, um, is like, full-blown like very grew up in a very very small town and you know I I grew up doing things that apparently are not you don't do up here so it was it was really funny uh it was really funny when I first moved and I was like I'm sorry you you don't know what mudden is what do you mean (laughs) like you don't do that like every weekend (laughs) (laughs) well and even even for me so you know somebody that's in Texas and it took me it, it took me a second to process what you said. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, now I know what she's talking about. But uh, I'm I'm probably one of the um, least Texan Texans that, okay. that 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 you'll ever find. And yeah, so in that in that particular example, I thought you were talking about uh, talking about mutton. And I, and I was, oh, uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. So, but, but but that's that, that's probably you know the type of, the type of reactions you get on an initial. Oh yeah, you know go mud, you know. And, but like especially what? especially <laughs> in the city with so many different uh, you know so many different uh, uh, native languages that you know they're they hear it in different ways. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, you're so. right. You're right. Yeah, it's um it's it's very inter- I had a I had a very interesting childhood as far as that goes because my my uncle is like a legit cowboy, like has a ranch. Like I spent a, I spent a summer out with them and I led like a cattle drive. And like, I mean, I was, if you like looked up like a Texan stereotype, like my childhood would have been, there. you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it's, it's always kind of funny. Cause like, if you talk to me like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you wouldn't recognize who I am now. I, I think that's, I think that's just so interesting, which is a whole other point, but um yeah, so I do. I, I love the state. I miss, uh, uh, but the food is probably the most, outside of my family and friends, obviously. Um, the the uh, biggest thing that I miss is the food because the, uh, I'm not a good chef. I'm not, I'm just not. It's not a gift that I was given. Um, and I can't find good white gravy up here at all. Like, it's oh, just not a thing. Oh, oh you, you, you said the magic word. You said yep. the magic word. Okay. Yep. So, so I, I well, let's let's just move on to food. Yeah, uh, let's do it. <laughs> I, 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 I've i turned food into one entire question at this point. <laughs> after all uh, all these I've recorded, uh, you know, let, let's let, let, let's start with the gravy. Does brown gravy even exist for you? It does. Um, it does. It's just not. 
good. Like it's, it's something, okay. So I will put it on like, um, uh, like if I have like a steak sandwich or something, mm-hmm. yes. But if something's fried, that better have white gravy on it. It better. Uh-huh. That, that is not negotiable. The first time, oh my, oh, you just set me off. The first time I went to a restaurant, I don't remember what the restaurant was, but I was in Connecticut and I ordered chicken tenders and they brought me honey mustard with it. And I honestly looked at the woman. I said, I'm so sorry. I, I ordered chicken tenders. What is, what is this? Why did I get this with it? And she was like, no, that's like the sauce. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, can I get the white gravy, please? And she looked at me as if I was the crazy one. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. So everybody around the table is also looking at me like I'm a psychopath. And I'm just like, no, what? Like nobody knows. It. So, um, so yeah, brown gravy does exist for me. Um, cause I mean, KFC also was like a thing growing up too. So I, I had been exposed to it. Um, but it's not, it's, if it's fried, it's gotta be white gravy. It's gotta be non-negotiable. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, well, well for, first of all, I, I would be thoroughly remiss if I didn't address the fact that as soon as that set you off, uh, uh, my first thought was, oh, now I hear the Texan coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but no, for, for me, uh, I've, I've graduated from brown gravy and white gravy to there's, uh, there's, multiple great you know it's it's not it's not like uh oh go get some go to the store and get some white paint for the walls it's right or get eggshell taupe whatever that, that that's that's me and gravies you know with yeah. white gravies you know i look at okay uh the the stereotypical white gravy like no that's that's flavorless paste to me yes yeah but then a good pepper gravy is wonderful um, yep. you know, sawmill gravy is, is, uh, closely related to that. Um, and if it's done right, that's good. Um, mm. sausage gravy, you know, sausage, it's especially sausage gravy over biscuits. Oh my gosh. Don't. That's a standard something. My food. mouth just started watering. I know you can't see this, but I actually like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to take a minute. Yes. No, there's, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing like, like sa- sausage gravy and biscuits. Um, now, now in, in the, in the same respect, um, you've got a, you've got a, you know, brown gravies. There's, there's the, once again, stereotype brown gravy, which is, you know, salt, maybe a little bit of beef broth. Okay, great. Um, but then, uh, then I, I remember the first time that I went to a saltgrass steakhouse mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I ordered chicken fried steak and on the menu, it said, that it, I forget exactly if it was just white gravy or if it explained it out more, but I asked, hey, do you have brown gravy? Because I, I, I do not like to have any form of white gravy cream or cream gravy with my chicken fried steak when I have it. Fair, okay. And um, it's, been, it's been long enough since I've even had it and since I've even told the story. I don't remember the exactly what they call it is, um, Oh, I'd have to go look, but they, yeah, they didn't call it brown gravy. That was the whole, it is a whole thing. Uh, but the first time I went though, had a good waiter that was able to say, well, here's what we have. And I said, great, let me try it. And it was wonderful. And it was yeah. not, it, it was not what most people would know as 
brown gravy. It, it wasn't KFC brown gravy. Yeah. Was it uh, like au jus? Uh, no, it was, I want to say, it, I want to say whenever they made it, it, uh, they, it was a bourbon something or other. So, um, so what, it wasn't just a jus. It was, it, it, it was a full sauce. Um, okay. okay. But, it, but, but not even some, not even what, you know, some people may not even describe it as gravy. It'd probably be, be more accurately described as a sauce. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Cause I, um, oh yeah. Cause like peppercorn sauce, that's like, oh man, uh, that's everything. And I'd always thought that part, like when somebody would say uh, peppercorn sauce to me, I would think Parmesan peppercorn, the creamy dressing, but there's, um, there are a couple, there's, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of those, uh, Keens up here, um, that has this, uh, peppercorn brown sauce and it's i mean it's gravy ish but it's definitely more of a sauce and like oh my gosh that's like the only thing i will put on a steak because i'm a purist when it comes to steaks um if i i don't know i find steak sauce to be an abomination if you have to put (laughs) steak sauce on a on a steak then it's not cooked well (laughs) so okay so i so i knew this was going to bother me so i actually have the salt grass menu pulled up right now Okay. Okay. So, so the first place I went, the chicken fried steak, it actually just flat out says cream gravy. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now I, let's see here. Come on. I haven't been to saltgrass in a long time. Saltgrass is good. Mm-hmm. Dang it! What I'm seeing online, I don't, I, I, I don't see what I'm looking for right now. Um, okay, I'm probably going to edit that part of the conversation then, since I couldn't complete that. <laughs> no <thought>. worries. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, so gravy. Yeah, you know that, that's that, that was obviously the, the the first food question I even I even went at um, the for the first episode. But uh, no, you, you've got gravy. But then uh, then talking food, obviously barbecue. Mm, mm-hmm. What, uh-huh. what what's the go-to meat for barbecue brisket always brisket always yeah although smoked turkey is a very close second smoked turkey i i, I could go for some smoked turkey yeah. um it, for, for me a good sausage is always <laughs> always works wonders um, yeah <clears throat> and, and there's even uh there's even a uh uh, barbecue place uh, down in a town that I used to live in a long, long, long time ago. Like I was, like I was small whenever I mm-hmm. lived. Um, it, but it's a little ways outside Austin, and uh, the the sausage there is just just right. You know, just, that's awesome. Just the right texture, just the right, just the right kick to it. Because um, it, it in fact, uh, the I, I had a been through there a few years ago and i stopped to uh, i stopped to get a meal there and got the same exact meal i remembered having what you know decades prior and it's just like the, the wave of memory came flooding back because i yeah it, it's it, a funny how food does that it's yeah. funny how food does that yeah because it wasn't even just the sausage i mean it, it was the sausage the sauce the sides, the, the the fact that I would always have it with the uh, with the can of Big Red. Uh, oh <laughs> man, Big Red! Yeah, when I was <laughs> when I was home last time, I went into Seven Eleven. 
Um, or not, no, it probably wasn't a 7-Eleven. It was probably like a racetrack or QT. And uh, um, they had on the, uh, on the uh, fountain wall, Big Red. Mm-hmm. And I got a 64 ounce of that stuff. I love Big Red. I know some people think that it's gross. I've always loved it. I thought it was really good. <laughs> but you can't find it up here at all. Well, that in RC, you can't find it either. Um, at the the uh, Sonics around where I am actually started carrying Big Red. No uh, way. Yeah, yes way. And oh I, man. And I love seeing that because once again, another another one of those things did as a kid. Um, there was this uh, there was this uh, burger joint in the town that I was living in at one point that uh, I, I would always go get an ocean water. Right? Yes. And, and, but then but then one day I decided. I want big red with my ocean water. And so I got him to put big red with it. And I remember as a kid, I would always call that drink the shark attack. Oh, I love that. that. (laughs) That's amazing. So as soon as Sonic was showing that they were carrying big red, I'm like, I need a shark attack. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. And and it's just memories. Once again, it just tastes like I remember. Oh, that's amazing. I have two favorite drinks at Sonic. So, uh, lemon lime root beer sounds weird. Try it. It's amazing. Um, but my all time favorite is a vanilla cream, Dr. Pepper. Okay. Always. So it's like, it's kind of like a Dr. Pepper float, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have, um, like it's not too vanilla-y. So the cream gives it like a weird texture, but it, oh, I don't know. It's everything. It's so good. Every time I go. Which by the way, um, I don't know if you've seen it in stores up there or not, but there's actually Dr. Pepper and cream soda in the same can now. What? Yes. Oh man. I, oh, I gotta go home. I gotta <laughs> go home. I, it's, it's just so funny. It's like talking about food, like bringing up memories and stuff. Like I always know whenever I need to plan a trip back home because I start just wanting only southern food like i will not entertain any other thing and and like tex-mex is a big big Mm -hmm. uh uh like love of mine and so i'll try i've tried sometimes some places up here will kind of get it right if i put like explicit instructions but like for instance this surprised me so if you get cheese enchiladas up here Mm -hmm. um it's not like shredded cheese or anything. It's like Waxica cheese inside hmm. of it, right? Or yeah. I, I don't know how to say that word, Oaxaca, something like that. And it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and, but also if you order like chicken enchiladas, the cheese is just on top. They don't, they, so the only thing inside the tortilla is the chicken. And I'm like, no, I want it to melt. Like I want to see the cheese coming out. Like I, I'm or this is a vehicle for the cheese into my mouth right now <laughs> so it's um it's very it's yeah it's very interesting but i always know when i need to go home um because i i start wanting like biscuits and gravy or grits or you know like things that i just can't get up here yeah it, it, well t- t- talk, talking about the mexican food comparison um i was in arizona for a few years and the area of arizona i lived in um definitely the mexican food was uh was uh it wasn't Tex-Mex anymore by any means. Uh, it wasn't quite. It wasn't quite Southern California type Mexican food. It was somewhere right in between. And I can. I, I. My only guess is to say is that it's prob. It's probably pretty close to 
if so if you were in Mexico and somebody invited you into their home and cooked a meal for you and who, yeah, what nice. you might get um but the weird the weird thing there though is that uh in that particular area of the state you never ordered a burrito you always ordered a burro a, a, a donkey yes just order a donkey not a not, okay. a little, not a little donkey just a donkey and, and even i remember being in the jack-in-the-box in the town i lived in at one point and jack-in-the-box it's you know fast food they you know their things are are homogenized across the board so the menu calls it a burrito and i remember standing at this standing there after i got my food order and some old man walks in and he places his order and even though it says burrito on the menu he still called it a burrito interesting that's so interesting however yeah. but you think about it most burritos have been small yep and they've only started getting bigger probably in the last 10 years you know at different fast food places stuff like that but they're still called a burrito because kind it's in the small. same way yeah. kind of in the same way tissue is called kleenex yeah right um, exactly you know it, it's, that's the only thing i could think but the the, the bigger burritos technically should be burritos if you really yeah. want to go there. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I've actually never thought about, wow, this is, this is going to make my Spanish teacher from high school really sad, but I've never actually thought about burrito being little donkey. Um, I knew like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, but because it, you are raised with it being a food, like that's the first thing that you're like, thanks. That's funny. That's interesting. No, you're right. Exactly. That is fascinating. Good point. Okay. Um, so, uh, so let's go ahead and move on from food now. You know, we could probably actually go on about that for hours. It sounds like hundred <laughs> percent. It's a big part of my life. <laughs> oh, hey, that, Hey, that's not, a, it, it's got, it got to be a big part of everybody's life. You know, we got to yep. eat. <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah, I don't want to make your mouth water too much and make you, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, is, so, uh, let's, let, let's circle back around to, uh, to a, a professional topic. Sure. Um, so, um, is, so, uh, you know, anybody that, you know, looks at, uh, information that is readily available about, you can see that, um, uh, you did, uh, you did end up, uh, heading into the security field, uh, via sales, what you're, yep. what you were talking about before. Um, it, to, so to tell me how that even uh, you know how, how that even got to be a thing for you in the first place was it more the the opportunity for the job or was it also because of the technology and the security stuff that went along with that job that took you into that sales job? Um, it was an accident actually. Um, so I, I've talked about this a little bit before, um, but like TLDR, I was a theater, per, I was a theater major high or in college and, um, was supposed to get my, uh, my MFA in lighting. And at the last minute, <clears throat> they only took three people and I was number four and I had no plan B. Uh, it was terrifying. Um, and I didn't know what to do. And I put up a very millennial post on Facebook saying that um, no one cares about my artistic experience and what am I gonna do? Because I'm like not qualified for these jobs but I'm too qualified for these others because I had been working in an office um, you know, before. So I, ha I had a little bit more than just your typical entry level experience. And um, a very good friend of mine commented on it and uh, made some jokes like get, get a job you college grad. And I was like, 
um, I'm trying, but again, no one cares that I can, you know, that I worked my career in college through carpentry and doing all these other things. And I know how to paint and I know, you know, and, um, he said, uh, he goes, no, I think somebody, I know somebody who would care. And uh, sure enough, I got on a phone with an inside sales uh, director up in Connecticut at Carousel. And um, they, uh, I found out about the job on a Tuesday. I had an offer letter in my hand on Friday and I moved up uh, two weeks later. So <clears throat> it, was, uh, it was a very uh, a survival move, to be honest. Um, to get into the sales side. Um, I, I could barely use my phone at that time. So I had no idea what a technology integrator did. Um, I actually, oh my gosh, I forgot about this. I actually thought that they did like lighting equipment, like corporate lighting equipment, because they had a video conferencing element. And in uh, there were, we had a couple of customers that would say, we want you to design our entire video room. And so what I had heard was, oh, they do AV. No. <laughs> so, um, so it was, it was really funny. Um, so yeah, that, that's what kind of led me into the sales gig. Um, it was inside sales. It was very brutal. Um, and you know, you, I've seen a couple of, of, uh, posts circulating about, um, how it, some people, it's very clear that you never worked in help desk. Um, it's also very clear some people who've never worked in customer service or uh, BDR because uh, you you learn a lot about people. And I, I was an actress, so I was used to the rejection already. So that was not too bad. Um, but like some people just get nasty. You know, you call them on the wrong day or, you know, they just found out their wife's cheating on them. And then suddenly you want to sell them, you know, a switch. They don't really care. And they'll just <laughs> like set, you know what I mean? So, um, uh, but when I discovered security and I discovered, uh, you know, networking and all this stuff, I was fascinated by the technology. Um, I, the, I'll never forget the first day that a vendor came in and started talking to me about like next generation firewalls. And it was the first security conversation I'd ever had. And I was blown away at what this technology could do. And um, because I had moved up by myself and had no friends, um, I did a lot of research and I fell in love with the industry um, and the technology. Uh, it was, it was pretty, it was a pretty quick love. For, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I just thought it was so cool. Like the things like sandboxing, like the concept of sandboxing and honeypotting is so fascinating to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know. It was, uh, as you can tell, I'm very excitable, but um, yeah, I, that was, that was pretty much it. Okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, so getting into it now, uh, what's, uh, what, what's probably your most favorite part of what you deal with? Yeah. So I'm in marketing. Uh, so I do a lot of content creation, uh, which is cool because I get to talk to a lot of practitioners and, you know, a lot of marketers just talk to other marketers and salespeople are the same way, right? They only talk to themselves. Um, and one of the things that Twitter has allowed me to do <clears throat> was kind of infiltrate the <laughs> kind of like be an insider threat and kind of see what people are actually talking about. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it, it's pretty, really cool. My favorite thing to discuss and, uh, everything is physical pen testing. I mm -hmm. love that stuff that makes the actress in me very happy. Um, so, uh, it, like that, the red team stuff is, is exciting. It's really exciting. And, and digital forensics too. I don't know a lot about it. Like I couldn't hold a, a really good conversation about it because it's way above my intelligence level, but I love 
reading about digital forensics, like what you can find about stuff. It's so fast. There's so much profiling in security. And I oh, love yeah. that. I think that's fascinating. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I tell people that, uh, you know, one of my best friends is a set of logs, you know, yeah. with, with, with logs, you can find out so much. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, heck, I'm even in the middle of deploying a few things that if uh, if everybody realized exactly what all I was going to be able to learn by deploying what I'm deploying, they'd be like, Ugh. yeah, uh, yeah, that, that, it's they, interesting. They, they would be they would be scared to do anything and go on the work systems, which may not necessarily be a bad thing. Um, <laughs> so, um, okay, so. Uh, why did you go into theater in the first place? Was it, is that connected back to New York and Manhattan love for that? Or is this come, coming from someplace else? Um, well, if you ask my mom, she would tell you uh, that she knew I was going to go into the theater as soon as I was born. My nickname uh, actually in the hospital was the drama baby because apparently I had quite the dramatic entrance. Um, and not much has changed since then. Um, I, it's kind of funny. I, I was a, oh, this is so weird to say. I was a bit of a jock in high school. Um, now, anybody who like knows me in real life, I'm five foot tall. All right. Like, I'm very short. Um, but I did play basketball on the point guard. I was terrible at it. Um, the only reason that they put me in is because I was a, a very viscerally angry, angsty teen. And I could like take people out because I just didn't care. Um, and so anyway, but I was very hot headed. Um, and I, oh, so I'm glad that it happened, but it was so dumb to do at the time. I, uh, made a bet of one of my friends that said, um, if you, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make a three pointer in the next game. And if I don't, I'm going to audition for this stupid play. Right. Because there was in tech, you know, in Texas, they have one act play competition as part of UIL mm -hmm. and, um, they had posted, you know, cold audition forms or whatever. And most people don't actually get on them except for the theater people. And, um, I was like, I'll audition for this stupid play. And, um, I'll be damned if I obviously did not make the three pointer, but I got the lead. Huh. Um, oh. and, uh, it was, yeah, that was, that was a, a really interesting conversation for some of the theater people who had been preparing for it for, you know, a whole year. Um, but I, I was like, oh, well, I'm, I need to do this now. You know what I mean? And I'd all, I, I had, I had dabbled in some art stuff before I, I was a singer. I've been a singer my whole life. And, um, so I already, you know, was kind of down that path, but, oh my goodness, I, there is just no feeling like being on stage. None. Uh, the only thing that, the only thing that um, somewhat compares to that is, is uh, design. You know, whenever I can like see, uh, lighting is such a beautiful and amazing thing. And, um, you know, a, a good or bad lighting job can make or ruin the show. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it, yeah. So theater, Theater is my first and truest love, um, and it will always be there. Um, it's it's hard to do now. When I when I first moved out of um, out of Texas, I was doing when I was in Connecticut, I was doing six shows a year on top of working full time, and I did that for three and a half years, and it got to just be too much. I I couldn't I I, I couldn't do it. So when I moved to the city. Um, I kind of put a background. I took a couple of classes and stuff, but now um, what I've been doing uh, that I absolutely, well, not right now, but uh, is as I do stand-up comedy 
and I love stand up because it's perfect. I, I travel quite a bit for work usually. And, you know, so if I'm going to be in a, in a city for a couple of days, most of them have open mics. I can still kind of, you know, I can check it out. I can try things, you know, whatever. It gets my creative thing out, but um, yeah, it's theater is theater is such a beautiful thing. Um, it's, it's really an amazing experience. If you've ever been involved in a production, there's no feeling like it. And, and I actually have, you know, you, talking about lighting, it makes me think about whenever I was in high school, uh, the, uh, the the city I was in, um, it, multiple high schools. So what they would do is they would rotate uh, in one high school doing a musical. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. it, 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 a year, year after year. And so uh, <coughs> the, the year that, uh, it, that it was my school doing a musical, um, I uh, had signed up to be on the lighting crew. Okay, nice. fine. And um, and uh, so I was assigned to run one of the spotlights. Okay. Spot up. Grades came around, and all the theater people in the lighting crew had failed. I got an instant uh, an instant promotion <laughs> to running the board. Um, but I had fun. I had so much fun with it. I I, I was. What was the show? It was Guys and Dolls. Oh, great show. Such a yep. great show. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and uh, after, after that show had happened, I was actually the, uh, I was actually the person that uh, was grabbed regularly while I was still in school there. If, if uh, some kind of adjustments needed to be made to the lights, if something, you know, if a specific, some kind of program needed to be done. So, hey, you know, I kind of fell into that. Amazing. Um, Do you remember what board you were running? Uh, no, that's been a while. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, 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 it was, it was still before they computerized, uh, uh, computerized a lot of these boards. So I had, pro- I, I think I was about, um, six banks across and two banks deep. I mean, it, okay. it, it, it was a sizable board. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. And, and of course, the one thing I remember from all the rehearsals doing that, whenever uh, they'd start adding in tech um is uh there would be times that the theater teacher down an auditorium and she'd stop you know someplace where we're we were running through and she'd get on the headset and say hey could you could, could you do such and such with the lights and i'm like okay that that idea sounds a little crazy pants <laughs> and so on the next run through i would do no such thing and after after we ran through it the second time, she's like, "Oh, that looks so wonderful! Thank you." Yeah, yeah. And every time, without fail, it happened multiple times. And I'm like, "Okay." Um, I think I, I think the woman actually retired uh, a couple of years after I graduated. Okay. Um, so I I don't I don't know if that was I don't know if that was age. I don't know if that was flight of fancy I, I don't know <laughs> sometimes it's just the placebo effect i used to do oh i used to do that all the time if somebody would say oh you know what it just needs to be a little bit brighter i would put it like a little bit brighter and then i'd be like let's do the scene over again and most of the time it was fine um so it's yeah that's very interesting yeah yeah but that that was that that, that was definitely uh definitely a fun show to do it's um, awesome and uh, his, and uh, the, the next year, I actually uh, got involved with a, a, a production of uh, Skin, uh, Skin of Your Teeth. Ah, okay. Um, and uh, I, I, I did all the, uh, 
I did all the uh, sound effects nice. for that. Um, now, I, I, unfortunately, though, I, I, had, I had set up a system doing it, was doing it and everything. And, uh, and uh, there was one, uh, one day we were doing uh, rehearsal, but I'd gotten pulled away to run the lights in the auditorium for some program that evening. And by the time I came back to the next rehearsal, they had totally switched up the system on me. Oh, yeah. That's it because, awful. It, well, it was because my system wasn't the system that the theater teacher wanted. Uh-huh. And I ended up having that happening to me in, the, in an entirely different situation um, whenever I was uh, in college with the uh, college newspaper. I, uh, I basically had... Um, I, 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 was, I was basically running the process of uh, production of the newspaper one semester. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, there was one day where the technology had a glitch in it momentarily. And okay. the, the uh, advisor ended up taking that moment to seize back control and do it her way. Which, whenever she did that, I'm like, okay, this actually leaves me with nothing to do right now. Yep. But I wasn't about to get up and leave either. Mm -hmm. So I stayed in the room and I was on a computer and I was browsing on something and I don't know. And at one point she even, she even asked me what I was doing. It was like, well, is there anything left for me to do? And she kind of didn't answer it. And, uh, and, uh, whenever I got my grades at the end of that semester, um, she'd given me a D, oh. even though I basically ran the whole thing the entire semester. She gave me oh, a D. It's so vile. Yep. Oh man, that's awful. That's <laughs> but, uh, so bad. But it, it's well, it, and she ended up retiring. She ended up retiring uh, shortly after that. I'm like, yeah, that, that must was, have prepared that, you well for infosec. Well, it it, it was that, that just proved it wasn't my fault. It was she was already stressed and on the edge yeah yeah so and more than likely her being stressed and on the edge is what led to how she reacted to that all anyway but yeah yeah (laughs) it was a little vindictive of her because yeah i yeah i I by far had an a you know there was never an editor named that semester yeah i but But it was you i basically was the editor yeah yeah i mean shoot i even sold ads for goodness sake (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's oh, man. oh and i'm not a salesperson i, I am by far I, 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 the longest i ever did sales was whenever i was working a uh I, I spent a number of years working for uh for a rural telecommunications provider uh-huh, uh-huh. and um uh, so it's so uh whenever you do internet help desk and for companies like that, sometimes they end up saying you're responsible for, uh, for talking to customers if they want to get an internet connection in the first place. Well, I did pretty solid at it. But if you go back and look at what I did, no, I just basically created a conversational script based on the contract that had to be signed. And after I had gone through it the first few times, I had memorized my script. And yeah, I, exactly. And, and, it's and your I, reciting lines. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was doing. Um, but whenever it gets down to real effective salespeople, the, the kind of salespeople that somebody like me thinks, Hey, these are, these are good people. They're, they're doing their, they're doing their job. Well, yeah, 
I don't have the skills to be that person. I do know that. It's all about knowing your skills. Not everybody can be good at everything. You know what I mean? And the salespeople wouldn't be able to do their job if they didn't have people like you, not only to create the products, but to sell them too. So, you know what I mean? Well, and and I can't count how many times where where people in my company have, have said, thank you for doing what you do because we wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. No, it's true though. It's true. I had a really good infor- uh, good conversation on this. Uh, oh, it's been a while now, but I was on um, the Coolest Nerds in the Room podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you listen to them. It's awesome. It's another awesome podcast. Um, and we were talking about this too. And it was like, yeah, if people would just like cross train a little bit and, and not cross train in the idea that, you know, okay, you need to go do my job for a week, but just kind of understanding where the other side is, it would make the whole company so much better because I learned back to the theater thing. I learned just as much about acting when I was in class or when I was on stage as I did when I was a stage manager, because you have to understand both sides of it. You know what I mean? Like, um, trying to teach an actor who doesn't know how to find their light, how to find their light is brutal. It's not until you're on the other side of it. You know what I mean? And I I feel like this is a, not a problem necessarily, but, or um, just an issue, I guess, in, Mm -hmm. in security, especially I found um, is, you know, you have like your hackers and then you have like everybody else. You know what I mean? And the, um, if you're not part of like, if you don't understand the other side of it, then it can, it can cause issues. You know what I mean? Like that's where the ego problem comes from, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I, I love the InfoSec Twitter community. I feel like everybody there is just there for the right reasons. They want to meet people and they want to share, you know, whatever, but past customers were not always that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? It's, well, it's like, uh, I had a conversation recently with uh, Katie Bell. Um, where we were talking exactly about just that um she said that she has had a number of people uh a number of people uh riff on her for uh you know because okay you know what have you hacked what what cvus do you have and things like that um but but her comment was if you want to change truly change what's going on you can't just be the person to attack it and find those holes you have to be able to work within the structure of the other side yep. and, and create that framework that allows them to go through it and say, yes, we have these holes. No, we don't have these holes. Let's fix these holes. You know, yep. because, it, because it doesn't always work with just some random person saying, hey, I found this. You know, there, there, has, there has to be structure there to fix it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, did you ever watch the show Silicon Valley? Don't think I did, no. Okay. Um, oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, but there's there's a section of the show where um, their company goes live, right? And all of the engineering people, everybody, like his holes are just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. And then his agent, for all intents and purposes, um, she was like, I hate this. It's so clunky. It doesn't, it doesn't look good. It's not intuitive, whatever. And then, of course, 
they override her because they were like, well, you know, you're not an engineer. You don't know what you're talking about. They go to market and it tanks, right? Because for she was looking at it from the end user perspective. And, and this is kind of why I started writing, to be honest, is because I realized as, as I was getting things explained to me and that I was going back and, of course, explaining them to my friends who were like, what even is your job? And then I would talk about it. They were like, oh, when I would use analogies or when I, that started making sense to people. And I was like, you know what? Like security awareness is a big, it's a big platform of mine. It's something I care a lot about. And um, you've got to speak their language, right? But mm -hmm. that takes, that takes both sides coming together to, um, to that point that you just made. I mean, it's like, it has to be, it, <laughs> just like in the theater, there is no person that is more important than any other person because my lights could look amazing, but if there's no actors on stage, you're not getting a story told. Mm -hmm. um, and if, you know, the acting can be amazing, but if you're in the dark, nobody's going to care. So, it, you know what I mean? It, it's, it, it's the exact same thing in the tech world. It's so funny to me how many uh, parallels you can make uh, to like the tech world to theater. It's shocking. Yeah. Uh, there are so many. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, next question. Um, talked about the fact that uh, that uh, you, you uh, sing what type of music do you like oh i'm all over the map um so i used to sing opera in college um so i do love the classical stuff uh, my favorite singer is is classical um and but i also really really love like 2000s hip-hop and uh comedy songs like Bo Burnham, Stephen Lynch, that stuff. I love it. I love it. And then of course show tunes, but that's, I feel like that just goes without saying. Oh, it's, okay. So, so tell me, tell me that you know who Ray Stevens is then. Of course. <laughs> what's your, what's your favorite Ray Stevens tune? Oh, I don't know. I I've heard him, but I don't know a lot of like, I, I go more on the comedy stuff. I would say I go more on the, uh, uh, Oh, Bo Burnham is, is one that comes to mind immediately. Um, or Stephen Lynch, who is horrible in all the best ways. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, I'll give you just one recommendation then. My, Please. One of my personal favorites of Ray Stevens, Mississippi Squirrel Revival. Mississippi Squirrel. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. yeah. Mississippi Squirrel Revival. Yeah. That, that sounds amazing. That, 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 that is a good one and uh, fo followed up closely by a couple of other of his more well-known ones. It, a Streak and Are You There? It's Me, Margaret. Are You, are you There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or so, something like that. I, I, may, I may not have the title, the title right on that, but it's close. Um, but, but yeah, Mississippi School Revival by far is my favorite. That is so funny. Um, yeah, it's like the first thing I talked in when I put in Mississippi. So it's hilarious. Okay. Mississippi School. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so, so you're saying opera whenever you're in college. What bands did you listen to in high school? Mostly 80s. Um, so my... Hint your uh, love for the big hair. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Oh man, I was born in the wrong decade, mate. I really was. I really was. Um, yeah, so I listened to a lot of 80s stuff. My my mom, um, she had a very diverse uh, music background uh, or music uh, appreciation. Mm -hmm. And the uh, so she 
like introduced us to all of her stuff. So I actually grew up listening to a lot of the stuff that she grew up listening to. And then of course, also I had like, you know, the Britney Spears and the NSYNCs and the Backstreet Boys, which I also love very much. So like 2000s is probably my favorite era of music because that's what I grew up listening on to. But 80s is like right there. Um, uh, but I did listen to uh, quite a bit of classical stuff when I was, when I was a kid too. Um, okay. It was my mom, like, she she's such an amazing woman in a lot of ways but one of the biggest ones i think for me was her just unabashed like you beat yourself when it goes to music like it didn't matter if she liked it it didn't even matter if she approved of it it didn't matter what words were in it or whatever she if i wanted to listen to it music was 100% all me so i could go straight from listening to like the real slim shady to vivaldi you know what i mean like it was it was all over the place um, oh, okay. Well, uh, um, so you said 2000s. What's your opinion on Nickelback? Oh, man. So I'm I, so conflicted. I'm so conflicted by this. I loved them. I okay. did. Okay. I loved them. And, and I don't know when we decided as a society that they were bad. I think, but I also liked all the butt rock. I liked Tinder. I, li- I liked all that stuff. And I still do. I'll, I'll be, I, I'm admitting this publicly. I still listen to Nickelback and Hinder and even Creed on occasion. Um, oh, that's another one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, with arms wide open. Like, it, there, it, I don't, it just incites a feeling in me, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why we started hating them so much. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's probably like a, uh, me with Lady Gaga. It, you know, it's like, I, I, I just hate the stuff that Lady Gaga releases. But have you ever listened to her with just her in a piano? Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Amazing. I remember the first time that I heard her, just her in a piano was one of the times that she went on Howard Stern. Yeah. And yeah. I, I couldn't get enough of it. And and then I I actually found that she uh, did a uh, album with Tony Bennett. I was just about to say that it's an amazing album. Yes, that that is that is wonderful. That show that shows off the heart of the talent that she has. Yeah. Never you know never mind her her taste in what she writes. The talent that she has though is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's she is a gifted woman. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, mo- most definitely. Um, okay, so let's uh, l- let's move on to. We're only on question six. <laughs> wow. Okay. Hey, but th- but this has been a fun conversation. I'm enjoying. This has myself. been amazing. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Um, okay, so uh, qu- question number six: Are you more of uh, somebody that gravitates toward uh, books or TV and movies? TV and movies. Okay. What's um, what, what what's what, what's probably the a number one tv show that you go to oh man um what genre any um oh man um okay so probably if i i prefer comedy as a genre i'm sure that doesn't come as a shock uh but i would say probably my go-to if i'm just like i don't know what to watch but i want to watch something that i love uh it would be extras Um, I'm a massive Ricky Gervais fan and uh, extras is, is just so funny. It's so well written. 
Um, yeah, so probably that. I yeah, I guess it would have to be that. But there yeah. there are so many. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and I, I I probably I used to watch a lot of comedy shows. Um, I, I find myself drawn more toward the dramas these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing I keep on reminding people, and once again, this the states when this is being recorded. Uh, hope, hopefully, the states when this is being recorded. But the Good Doctor, have you watched that? I haven't heard good things. Okay, it, it's it, it's a good show, and uh, you know, and a lot of people have railed on the on how they uh, how they portray the main character with being autistic. I can I can tell you, being autistic myself. A lot of that emotion that they convey is legit. Even if really they, okay, even if they don't do, even if they don't always do the best of jobs in conveying, you know, how it how it actually comes across, the emotion that they convey is legit. That's awesome. Um, but uh, but uh, I think it's I think it's the. Uh, the mid-season break on season two of the show, if I remember correctly, they predicted this pandemic. They predicted oh. it because it, because they had they had an episode where uh, it was where the main character and a couple of other the, of the mains uh, were doing uh, duty in the emergency room, and they had somebody come in with uh, that had come off a plane. Uh, a pretty significant infect- infection and long story short and without giving away too many spoilers for you um, it, the, what ended up happening is that the infection was an infection that affected the lungs all right? and they ended up having three people die and then finally one of the big main characters uh, showed to have it as well and they put they, they, they put her on the ECMO machine which uh, oxygenates the blood outside the body yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. and being on the ECMO machine allowed the virus to run its course and the it, and be done and go away with uh, because it affected the lungs so it affected how much oxygen you could take in which is what killed you that's exactly what this COVID-19 is doing right now. Wow, and, that's amazing. And, yeah. And especially after I read a, I read a story, I, I, think it was, I think it was out of Arizona where they did that exact thing, where they, they hooked somebody up to an ECMO, and several days later, the virus had run its course, and they, they had survived because they were able to keep wow. the blood oxygenated without, you know, without having to depend on the lungs. Wow, that's amazing. So okay. yeah, yeah, I, they, they they predicted this in my mind. Yeah, no, but, it's it's wild. It's yeah. So so ho- ho- hopefully that dates this podcast. Hopefully we're it's still not as major of an issue whenever this actually drops. Yeah, hopefully, but like just fingers crossed for a vaccine, man. Just fingers crossed yep. for a vaccine. Um. Okay. So so the movies. Um, yes. Uh, what, what's the movie genre? that you're normally drawn to um comedy mostly i i would say um comedy or historical drama i do love me some historical dramas Uh, my all-time favorite movie is beauty and the beast the animated version not the trash version that got went out a couple of years ago (laughs) um but yeah i probably like i love uh 
uh, I love good storylines. So I don't care what genre it is. I want a good storyline, right? I don't like hack comedy. I don't like like slapsticky stuff. I want, I like dark comedy, right? So Ricky is amazing at this. He's the king of cringe comedy. He's the king of dark comedy. Uh, like I want a story um, regard, like one of, oh my gosh. Have you ever seen the movie, The House of Sand and Fog? Mm-mm, no. No. Um, okay. Well, if you ever do watch it, bring a lot of tissues because it is heartbreaking. But it's an amazing film because it's it's got you know it's got story it's got so much like story. I respect writers a lot. You know what I mean. Writing is a very tough thing to do, um, especially when you're trying to emulate real human emotion. I mean, it is it is takes a lot of talent, and so I I really. Like, I don't know if it's got a good story. I don't care what, what the story is. I, I want to see that. So, and historical dramas usually have a lot of really good ones. Okay. So, so whenever you say though, that you don't like slapstick comedy. So does that mean that you avoid like the, the slapstick prank comedy, like uh, jackass? Oh, <laughs> I, I just, so I, it's not my thing. You know what um, I mean? I, fair, fair enough. It, and it's, it's, it's not everybody's thing. Yeah, it's not my thing. I do enjoy a co- like a compilation video on YouTube every once in a while. Whenever mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is all I can handle. But that is that is not my thing. No, I like the layered comedy. Like I want I when I when I go and see a comedian, when I leave, I want to be thinking about what they said. Do you know what I mean? Like I can, um, you know, if you take somebody like Gabriel Iglesias or or um, Jeff Dunham, um, like okay, that's cute for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is. But like when I go and watch like Daniel Sloss or I go and watch like Ricky, you know, you thinking about that stuff after you yeah. go. That's, that's what I like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then I've, I've got to throw one more out there just because I think it might ride a gray area with you. Okay. Okay. The Impractical Jokers. Oh, I haven't watched a ton of the Impractical Jokers. I'll be honest, so I can't really give you an opinion on that. Well, um, their, their their movie that they did, uh-huh. uh, that that one actually had a storyline to it, sort of, uh-huh. sort of, sort of. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, there's. I mean, their stuff is uh, improv comedy. Oh yeah, I do love me some Who's Line. Like I love that stuff um, for sure. Because improv is a very difficult skill. Like Colin Mockery and those guys are some of the most talented people in the world. Like that takes a lot of a lot of skill. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I'll have to look it up. I'll have to look it up and I'll get back to you on that because I, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen it. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah, I, I it's it's one of the ones I do enjoy personally. I, I'm actually uh, I I've, I've seen I, I started watching first season on, uh, but I actually recently started going back and just rewatching everything. Thank you, streaming. Um, yeah, seriously, Ser- uh, I just restarted Supernatural, and it's thank you, streaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it, it, yeah. The uh, it's, it's, you know, so, so some of the stuff they're just trying they're just trying trying to see what kind of stupid things they can get their friends to do. But, uh-huh. th- but I mean, there, there is some good improv elements to what they do. Uh, I mean, heck, even one of the games that they do, uh, uh, it's one uh, called the Wheel of Doom. Okay. And, uh, and so it's not just, okay, here's what you have to go and try to do, try to get somebody to agree with you. 
stuff like that. It's it, it's a uh, they spin it and it's you know what whatever it lands on is their task they have to accomplish. Um, and they also have a variation on that where they uh, where it's somebody's turn and they draw a task out of the bag, but then they have to like shoot a shoot a, uh, a plunger arrow at a smaller wheel as it's spinning, but with their faces on it and you don't know who it could end up being and that actually has to go do it. Uh, oh, how funny. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I like and that. It's, and there, there's some, there's some perfectly wonderful moments that come out of it. Um, pr- pr- probably the, the big thing that most people would know is the fact that uh, one of the, one of the guys, Joe, he is known for this one moment where he, he, so they're, they're doing this, they're doing this bit in a grocery store mm-hmm. and, and um, whenever he's going through stuff, uh, there's one thing that, uh, you know, the guys tell him over the earpiece is like, Hey, you need to get a price check on this. And uh, like, Oh, what manager is it working? Maybe it's Larry. Cause yeah. he, had, he had already done this gag before in a, in a different bit. Um, so he just start, you know, price check, price check, Larry, price check, Larry. And then the whole thing is, though, is that he ends up leaving the check stand and you see him start running up and down. Larry, Larry, Larry. I tell Amazing. You, yes, it's, it's hilarious. And the first time I saw that, it's just instant. I burst out laughing. <laughs> oh that is funny okay i'll have to check it out i'll have to check it out it, it, it's it's much more funny than than i could ever portray it that's for certain <laughs> uh, okay um question seven. Oh, goodness um what, what do you like most about the city what is now that you've been there for a while what, what is it that you like most about the city um you're going to since a trend in this conversation, um, obviously the food is very amazing here. Uh, there's just a ton of options. Um, wh- I, one of the things I really, really love about the city is uh, uh, there are so many things to do that are just not anywhere else to do, right? Like, you, uh, I can, oh my gosh, it was, it was always really funny my mom would be like, what are you doing this weekend? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm going to go to like the spy museum and then I might do an escape room. Um, and then, but I'll probably just end up at, you know, my, my local bar or whatever and get Ethiopian food or something, something, you know, equally as whatever. And, and yes, there are escape rooms. Yes, there are things, other places, but there are all here everything is here yeah. so you know what i mean so it's like if i want to go to um if i want to go to an art museum i have tons of options if i want to go to um uh, oh and concerts everybody comes here that's that's a huge perk it's a huge perk because everybody and their dog comes to new york so it literally i mean westminster is here which i've been to so it's you know what i mean like th- it, there's a lot of like interesting things that you can do um, that, that while yes, other places have them, like it's all in one place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I hear that the uh, final performance ever of Kiss is supposed to happen in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I, I don't know how plans have changed with the pandemic, but, uh, at some point during the year this drops, uh, there, I, I think, uh, 
I think it was like April or May of 2021, is that they're, they're supposed to have the absolute final concert at uh, Madison Square Garden. Wow. Okay. That's the place to have it, of course. The MSG oh, yeah. is. Of course. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Um, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Every, everybody comes through here. And there's so many like little venues that you never would have heard of but like you know so such and such is playing it and you go and then you just like fall in love with the venue you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah no. well or, or like for instance uh before the movie before the movie coyote ugly came out uh, how many people had actually heard of the bowery ballroom yeah exactly so exactly yeah it's a great spot yeah. bowery ballroom um Okay, um, we'll, we'll, we'll make this one question eight because it's, it, it's a slightly different train of conversation, even though it's not. Okay. okay. So, uh, okay, so obviously being a, being a New York, uh, one, of the, one of the big, big uh, staples is the bodega. Yeah. So at this point, do you actually prefer bodega shopping or the nice gigantic organic supersized markets that you find whenever you come back and visit in texas oh man okay so i have to clarify if we're talking about bucky's bucky's always wins i love me some bucky's um if we're talking about any other anything bodega all the way those deli sandwiches are the best like i have a i have a bodega like literally right around the corner and they they know me now i when i walk in they're just like which one do you want today and then i'll say you know like and it's only one of three options right that's it i have one of three options and they know they're like one two or three um and so i prefer the bodega um just because it's like I don't know. There's just something, something about it. You know what I mean? They have everything in a small little place. It's shocking to me. (laughs) Like it it was funny when everybody was talking about like toilet paper or whatever, Mm -hmm. I was never worried. I was never worried because I knew that even if they weren't showing anything, they know me now. So I would just have been like, Hey, you got some like toilet paper in the back, like paper towels in the back. They'd be like, yeah, here you go. Like, go do some amazing like voodoo shit and like bring it back. You know what I mean? Like it would have been, (laughs) yeah. So uh, I love the bodegas. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever things are smaller, you know, it's, it's funny stuff like bodegas. It's a smaller thing that you never, you never get in big cities outside of places like New York. Yeah. Um, But it's, but no matter you know no matter where it is that you find smaller stuff it seems like the smaller stuff you get the more personal attention um and it's just it seems to be a generally better experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and frankly you know i find myself sometimes whenever i go into walmart and i look at the wall of mustards and i'm like okay nobody should ever have this choice of this many mustards <laughs> Mustard. ever yeah or or even i or even ice cream it's like yeah it's like okay there's six different brands each with 20 different choices it's like uh okay you know there's capitalism and then there's overkill (laughs) yeah seriously yeah no you're right uh, okay And, and, and a side question off of that uh there's there's the uh there's the account on twitter called bodega cats 
Oh yeah. Are there? Yeah. Are, are, are how prevalent is that? Are there? Do most of the bodega owners actually have cats, or is that just whoever runs that account actually knows where to go and find them? Um. Okay. So actually, it is a thing. Um. I have. So my bodega doesn't have one, but there. Uh. There are actually quite a few things because there's a lot of rats around here. Mm -hmm. So they get the cats to you know fight off the rats. Do Cats do what cats do. There you yes, go. they do. They do. I, I wish my bodega had a cat, but um, it is it is actually like it's not a stereotype. Like it's a real thing okay. <laughs> that okay. people have. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. Question number nine. I, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna exercise your theater muscles here a little bit. Okay. Uh, specifically, your casting ability. Okay. Um. So. Question number nine is the zombie apocalypse has come. Yeah. You have four people that you can handpick to be around you for, you know, for, in, in, until everybody kicks off after, after the zombie apocalypse happens. Who are those people and why? Mm, so four people. So my mom is number one. She's, uh, are, are we doing just actors? Or are we doing like every, like anybody? Whoever is the best fit for whatever reason you want. Okay, okay. So I'm picking my mom first because my mother is the queen of cruel and unusual punishment. So um, I feel like she, and she looks at the world in a different way than I do. Um, and together, I, you know, we've helped each other grow. And I feel like if in a zombie apocalypse, it's not all about brawn. You have to have brains. That was a pun. Enjoyed that. Um, so you have to, uh, you have to have like, you know, the strategy behind it too. Right. Um, now with that need some muscle for sure. I'm going to go Jason Momoa. That guy is amazing. Um, he's hilarious and he so he'll keep us all laughing but also dude can mess some stuff up you know what i mean so definitely gonna have him let's see who else who else would i have my best friend's gonna listen to this and be really mad but i'm not putting her in my lineup she can make her own um let's see shack guys a human shield for sure and fourth let's see i'm trying to decide if i want another cunning person or if i want another well i have two bronze here let's see um oh this is really hard um probably uh probably my brother because Jake is a big guy and he's also very smart. So I feel like, and me, him and my mom are like all really close. So we also like know what to, to do. And he's got like, he's got a temper on him just like I do, but he actually is like six plus feet tall. So he can do something about it. Yeah. So that would be it. Sounds like you're the shortest person in your family. Yeah, we're just saying something. So my mom's not tall. She's like 5'2". And so when I grew up, she was like, she, oh, she thinks she's so funny. She like comes up to, uh, 
New York and she just, oh, oh, I forgot how short you are. I'm like, mom, I'm two inches shorter than you. Don't even pretend right now. <laughs> but yes, I am. Okay, and then, and then I, I sense, I, I sense there's at least one of several stories behind the uh, comment of your mother being the queen of cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. Any that you can share? Oh yeah, um, she, oh, she's gonna be so mad at me, which is why I'm gonna share it. Um, so, uh, my brother uh, forged her signature on his report card one year because um, he'd failed a class. And of course, like I mentioned before, everybody knows everybody, you know, and he was in like the sixth grade, like everybody knew that he did it. So um, the, uh, my mom got the call and comes home with the report card in her hand, right? So then he knew, obviously just screaming at him and said, and I quote, if you're going to act like a felon, I'm going to treat you like one. And so she put him in solitary confinement for a full month, right? He could come out and go to school. He could come out um, and uh, no, he didn't even have dinner at the dinner table. He had bread and water and that was all he had for like a month. Wow. <laughs> and, and it was, and it did the trick. I mean, he never did anything else like that for me. Uh, the one that the one that did it uh, for me was uh, I thought that I was sly and when I was young I guess I didn't know how mirrors worked um, but you know how when you when you're a kid and like you first realize like what the middle finger means and you like use it all the time mm -hmm. yeah so mom had made me very angry and uh, the way that our house was set up or her room was set up was she had this big um dresser like this with this vanity and you don't have a massive mirror mm -hmm. and i turned the corner and didn't realize that she was like looking so she could see the reflection and i flipped her off double finger um so for the next probably month um every single day after school i had to scrub the tile grout with a toothbrush and i had to say over and over again i will only use my hands for good Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. She was a mastermind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you talk about using the middle finger. I remember as a kid that I, I, I thought I was uh, hot stuff and I decided to go and hide the fact that I was using my ring finger behind my other hand to somebody oh, yeah. else and a teacher saw it and oh, I got, because I was insinuating, even though I didn't actually use the middle yep. finger, I still yep. got in trouble for that. Um, but then, uh, but then on the other end of that, I remember, uh, I, I remember visiting my grandmother one summer and I made the comment, I'm bored. I probably cleaned her entire house during the rest of my stay. Because she said, you're bored? Here, I have something for you to do. Yep. Yeah, I... I I may not have actually cleaned the entire house, but it felt like it. It felt like know, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I I get that. I understand that. Uh, I I also uh, I also uh, know somebody who wasn't one of my teachers, uh, but um, that that I uh, know of that uh, his daughter one time in high school snuck out, and yep. so the and so the next day. Uh, the next day whenever she came home from school she found her bedroom to be sans door yep yeah i had mine to pulled off for sure yeah yeah so yeah 
yeah, I, I totally, I totally understand some of that. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, we've, we've hit question 10 now. Um, yeah, wow. This has been so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so question, question 10 has turned into my standard final question, but what's the best advice you've ever received? And also, what's the worst advice you've ever received? Mm-hmm. I love this question. Um, uh, so the best advice I ever received uh, was, again, from my mom. Um, and she said, it's just hair, Trisha, it grows back. And uh, it sa- seems innocuous, kind of funny, uh, but it's actually how I kind of go about my entire life. Uh, you know, if you are scared to jump into a new job or you were scared to move a new place or you're scared to have a new look on something, uh, you end up very sad and very boring. Um, and the best, like, it was so funny whenever it like clicked for me that like, that was like actually the best advice I'd ever gotten. Cause it was like, Oh yeah. If I move to Connecticut, I can move back. If I, you know what I mean? Like it's a, Oh, sorry. <coughs> it's a good message. Um, worst advice I ever received. Um, I got told by a male colleague that I really respected at the time um, that I needed to stop being myself around clients. Um, And it was, what he meant was, I'm trying to remember the exact word that it was. He was my mentor, right? And what he was trying to say was your personality is just a little too exuberant for, uh, for like our clients or whatever, like maybe you should wear, like tone your lipstick down, or maybe you should like, I don't know, not wear bright colored clothes and stuff to meetings. And it in essence was saying, you know, you're too much for this industry. And it was the worst advice that I ever received for a couple of reasons. One, just don't do that. Do not try and tell somebody, I don't care about, do not try and tell somebody how to dress or anything like as long, whatever, that's a whole other rant. But it was the worst advice that I ever received because it really made me like question if I was in the right industry and if I was in the right job. And it turns out I was in the wrong company, which, yeah. you know, was the whole other thing. But, um, you know, I almost got out. I almost got out of it. I was like, I'm not going to deal with this. If everybody's like this and they can't deal with who I am, you know, I'm not going to censor who I am because it makes you feel better, you know? Um, so yeah, that was, that was probably the, the worst advice I ever received. Oh, and, and somebody told me once that I shouldn't waste my time on Twitter, uh, which just makes me laugh now. Um, but yeah. 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 I, I, I totally feel what you're saying on the, on the worst advice part of it. And especially with the fact that you almost got out. Cause I, I actually did that. The, the, uh, working in rural telco. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, the, the, the culture in almost every single one of those places just was not, uh, was not able to accept anything different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, and I tell people many times, like, you know, I hate, I hate even talking about it because on the surface, what am I? White guy. 
okay, yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's being autistic. There's also, you know, and I, I've got the whole gambit in the, in the neurodivergent spectrum. Um, and that, and that's something that has uh, affected, uh, affected just my general outlook on things, how I sure. approach things, my, my general, my general personality. It's not one that necessarily quote unquote fits in. Um, you know, so it's, 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 it's been tough some places. And I, imagine. I, and I did, I did leave that particular, uh, that particular industry segment for that exact reason. Yeah, I get it. It's tough, man. Mm-hmm. It's tough, especially, especially when it comes from somebody that you respect. And I like just a really quick soapbox. Like if you're a manager or you're a leader, you know, that is not, <laughs> that is not something to be taken lightly because you don't know how you're going to affect your employees and, and you don't know how you're going to not only affect like them in that moment, but like how they change like course of career. You know what I mean? I had a theater teacher in high school um, before, before the one that I still like love and respect very much who almost made me get out of theater. And it wasn't until I auditioned at this little tiny uh, uh, community theater and I got a role in there and was able to see that, oh, it doesn't have to be this politicky. It doesn't have to be this clicky, you know, whatever, like this is the actual art form. And that's, I mean, my goodness, where would I have been today if I didn't, you know, do that stupid little play? You know what I mean? And so, um, so things that even seem insignificant, you know, I'm noticing a lot, especially with what's going on right now is, you know, people think that they're trying to be helpful and they're not, you're not, not only are you not helping me, you're actually like hurting the issue. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, it's very interesting. Um, you know, there are a lot of bad managers out there and the good ones, you need to, you know, you work for a person, you don't work for a company. Yeah. It's a, a story that's in a similar range that I think you might, that you might appreciate. I, uh, I, I used to work in uh, local TV. Uh-huh. Amazing. And, and uh, especially in the lower markets, there is a fairly sizable divide between the people that are on camera and everybody else. Yep. Yep. Okay. So one of these TV stations I was working at, I remember at one point, whenever you know they always would bring it would bring a consultant in every year and cover one thing or another. And uh, you know, a few a few months prior to whenever the story happened, we did have a consultant come through, and one of the things that they uh, made sure to uh, mention during this time was every time you write a script, make sure to read it back out loud to make yes. sure it's, to make sure it sounds conversational. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, so there was one day and I'm going through and, uh, you know, working on the, working on the show I was responsible for. And the, uh, one of the anchors on the show had come in was starting to go through scripts and prepare and everything. And he's reading through this one script that I wrote and he looked across the way at me and he was, he was like, did you actually read through this, read through the script out loud? I was like, yeah. And he's like, that's, are you sure? Because that's not how you talk. And I just stared straight back and I said, that's exactly how I talk. Yep. <laughs> it, you know, it's because it, uh, I mean, heck, the whole purpose of them reading through the scripts is if they have questions or if the, if they feel the wording would be more natural in a different, in a different way for them. Right. right. And, and I'm just like, 
don't tell me how I talk. I, there is a certain way that I talk. There is a certain pattern to my speech, to my grammar. And whenever I talk, as long as I don't get ahead of myself and stumble over my words, it is conversational. Right. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. People, you just, they just, they just have to be careful. They just have to think about what they say. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's like my pen tweet, you know, it, it's it, on Twitter. You have the opportunity to think about what you say. And some people still don't. I know it's, it's really, it's really shocking. I mean, it's, it's genuinely shocking, but yeah, you know, the whole like words matter thing, it, it, mm-hmm. they really do, you know, they, they really, really do. And the, especially if you're in a position of power, whatever that may mean, you know, um, because it can really, you know, it can really affect, it can really affect like the way that somebody, um, uh, the way that somebody looks at you or the way that somebody looks at themselves uh, or, you know, something else. So no, I'm, I'm totally with you. And that's vile what that person did to you. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sure they're having an illustrious career right now. <laughs> they, they, uh, this is that they never really got any higher than the market they were working in. So I'm so shocked <laughs> with that kind of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Trisha, that's the end of 10 questions right there. Uh, so Thank, thank you for spending the time. Thank you for the conversation. Uh, you know, I, I, and I always feel the need to say this every time, but I, I still go into anyway. And it sounds cliche, but it, it's been a wonderful conversation. It stands on its own among all the rest of them. You know, I can't pick one that's, that's better because they've all been wonderful in their own way. Yeah, of course. So, well, uh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me, man. This is so much fun and I really appreciate it. (laughs) Me too.